Saratoga Lights presents Bear County Bastard. Serious Sam was known as a serious man. His first bank robbery at the age of 19, wherein he stole $4,120 from Randolph Federal Credit Union during the lunch hour, resulted in the destruction of two police cruisers and $20,000 in property damage across three county lines, but no arrest was made. The money was eventually recovered when the total sum was left anonymously on the desk of Sheriff Nelson with a short note. Thanks for the chase. The overworked agents assigned to his particular detail, when ribbed about their inability to effectuate an arrest on Sam as his multiple robberies kept piling up, would quip that they could have him any day if they wanted. Oh yeah? Well, why'd you let him go? Uh, kindness, I suppose. Their colleagues would roll their eyes and thank the maker that they weren't assigned to the detail themselves. Serious Sam, known as Samuel Camino to his many friends, became a folk hero as he continued to toy with police during the commission of his various crimes, going so far as to place a personal ad in the San Antonio Express News the morning of one of his robberies that read, Bandit seeking smart, strong lawmen to lock me up and throw away the key. Sheriff Nelson need not apply. As the cases went cold and agents were eventually reassigned, the reputation of Sirius Sam only grew more. In his absence, fantastical tales began to be spun about his exploits, even positing that Sam had mystical powers which allowed him to be such an effective bank robber. How else could 13 cops lose sight of him that time? It was a good question. One posed in many bars and watering holes across the state. And while most folks, those not bound by oath to uphold and defend the peace and dignity of the great state of Texas, viewed Sam as a harmless agitator. One man in particular, a man bound by no oath, viewed Sam as his meal ticket. Jim Molina, known as Shooter to his friends, if he had any, was a Texan through and through, with the pedigree to boast. His grandfather was one of the original ten men selected by Stephen F. Austin to serve as the Texas Rangers, the most prestigious group of law enforcement officers the state has ever seen, at least according to their own lore. Jim was more than happy to rest on his granddaddy's laurels for as far as they would take him, and when they would take him no further, Jim was more than happy to leech off whatever poor soul he could find next. On one particularly warm day late in the summer, Jim was at his usual hole in the wall, drowning his sorrows and seeking respite from the heat along with a bevy of other barflies and houseflies, both pests of equal stature. A few months had passed since Sam's latest heist. However, time had not lessened the public's interest in the crime spree as the papers had published a piece that very morning about the ongoing efforts of law enforcement to identify the outlaw which was on the minds and lips of everyone in the bar, along with the recently increased reward of $10,000 for information leading to the arrest of the bandit. And as Jim sat listening to the gossip and wild speculation slurring out of the mouths around him, he had an idea. Jim pointed to the newspaper held by the man sitting next to him. I bet you he's going to get caught. The man turned to face Jim with a glassy-eyed precision that almost caused him to stumble from his stool. He appeared more animal than man, as evidenced by the flies that perturbed him. Serious, Sam? Jim pointed to the paper once more. He's gonna get caught. Bullshit. Luck runs out, everyone knows it. 
They ain't ever gonna catch him. Jim shrugged. The man, however, now with his hackles raised, became more animated and drew more people into the debate. You hear what this guy's saying? Easy, friend. Just pointing out the obvious. Yeah. If you're so smart, when are you gonna get caught? Next week or so. The room erupted in laughter at the prediction, one as bold as those made by charlatans about the end of the world. Going on two years now, Sam had been carrying out this particular crime spree, 11 banks and counting, and the law was no closer to apprehending the man than they were on day one. Jim, however, was no charlatan. Jim was a man with a plan. If he ain't in shackles by this time next week, I'll buy everyone in here a round of this establishment's finest bourbon. Amidst the chuckles and guffaws that spread throughout the room, the barkeep himself responded with, Mister, if Sirius Sam is in shackles this time next week, I'll give you the whole bottle. The bets had been placed, and the rest of the evening was comprised of patrons ribbing Jim in not-so-friendly ways for his foolish wager. But what no one in that bar knew, nor could have known, was to Jim... Sirius Sam was not some mythical figure who robbed from the rich and gave to the poor. To Jim, he was Samuel Camino, a fellow class of 33 alumnus and one of the few people who knew Jim as Shooter. That is to say, Samuel Camino was a friend. The two had grown up together, but it wasn't until their high school years that they bonded over a mutual love of the Baytown Brothers Happy Hour, broadcast live every Saturday night across the radio waves. It was in fact Jim who taught Samuel the ins and outs of bank robbing, as he himself had committed a few crimes of moral turpitude over the years, and set his friend on the path to greatness. Jim watched with pride as his friend successfully stole thousands upon thousands of dollars from financial institutions, beaming, even, at the news reports, like a father watching his son hit home run after home run in his debut Little League game. His pride, however, quickly turned into disappointment as the follow-up news story would reveal that the money was recovered in full at a secondary location, ranging from the bold, the desk of a prominent lawman, to the ridiculous, atop the arch of the Alamo. And then his disappointment turned into resentment. Jim didn't think of himself as greedy. However, he did feel that it was only fair, he gifting Sam with the endowment such as he did, that he get a taste of the action, a few points on each score. But as it became clear that no payday would be forthcoming given each successive heist and subsequent abandonment of said money, Jim could do nothing but hold his tongue as his friend would brag about his exploits. The recent economic downturn had laid bare many of the failings of society and dashed folks' dreams of prosperity that had been so generously promised to them by those in power. What kind of man would thumb his nose at all that money is a thought that consumed Jim as his resentment turned into hatred. The day that Jim bet against Sirius Sam and subjected himself to the ridicule and scorn of his neighbors began as any other in recent past. Landlord was trying to evict, creditors were trying to collect, and his old lady was saying she's late for her time of the month. And though he was able to once again successfully evade those in pursuit of him for money and commitment, this particular morning was fraught with some unexpected news when he was told by his foreman that there wouldn't be any more work for a while. Check back with me in a few months. Jim, not having any recourse, approached his friend Samuel Camino with his hat in his hand, both figuratively and literally, for a short-term loan, just enough to get by and get some breathing room from all those creditors. 
Samuel, though effusive and apologetic, didn't have any money to loan him, though he handed him the entire contents of his wallet without question. Sorry, Shooter. Trouble's all around. It's like Jesse said on the show last night. The Lord says he works in mysterious ways. Heck, at least he's got a job. Rest of us are out here just trying to work non-mysterious-like, but not enough of those jobs to go around. Jim, grudgingly, thanked him for the pittance and took his leave. The next day, an anonymous phone call was placed to the sheriff's office that was then routed to the task force that was then finally routed to Sheriff Nelson himself with information that would surely be worth $10,000. Sirius Sam could be found listening to the Baytown Brothers Happy Hour at his house over on Subalo Trail every Saturday night. His apprehension did not go as planned. The official story was that the task force went to question Samuel Camino about his alleged involvement in the bank robberies, only to be fired upon when they announced their presence. From the outset, however, the public rejected the story put out by the Bear County Sheriff's Office, and investigative reporting would soon reveal certain inconsistencies, mainly that more than 100 rounds were fired by law enforcement, yet a weapon that was allegedly used by Sam was not located until the third search of the house. Even more damning, there wasn't a single round or bullet hole to be found that could serve as confirmation that the weapon alleged to have been wielded by Sam had been fired at the deputies. The day they laid Sam down low, Jim returned to the bar to collect his bottle of bourbon. After all, why play the game if you don't intend to win? However, the room was dim both in light and in spirit, its jukebox silent, and its patrons grieving the passing of Sirius Sam as the news had spread like wildfire across the city. The appearance of Jim in the doorway only soured the mood more, as if a funeral dirge could get much worse. The barkeep, true to his word, handed Jim a bottle of bourbon and promptly told him to get the hell out. There were no medals or commendations for the task force that ended one of the longest and most expensive manhunts in the history of the state. In fact, public opinion had soured on Sheriff Nelson so much for his dogged pursuit of Sirius Sam that he lost his re-election campaign the following year a precipitous fall from grace by the once-respected lawman. And when the history of Bear County is written, his tarnished legacy, or Nelson's folly, as it came to be known, is but a footnote. No, the story will forever be of Sirius Sam, the man who left $2,000 in a discarded coffee can at HEB with a note that read, These beans were worth every penny. And it is Jim Molina who history will forever remember as a bastard through and through though his name would quickly be forgotten to time. Kids today only know him as the Bear County Bastard, a man who traded the life of a friend for some bread. Bear County Bastard is written and directed by Randall LaRue. Audio recording and engineering by Matthew David Rudd. Music by Randy Reynolds. Narrated by Matt Fitzgerald. Until next time.